You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk with leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to truly pay the price of leadership. Today, my guest is the one, the only, the tremendous Gloria Riley. Hello, Gloria. Welcome. Hello, Dr. Jones, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am very honored to be here today. I'm so excited. Well, let me tell the guests a little bit about Tremendous Gloria. You guys know, especially Gloria, that was my mother's name. So all Glorias are extra super tremendous. So Gloria is a phenomenal, dynamic, inspirational business owner. She's a coach, a speaker, and an author. And we're going to talk about her book at the end of the podcast. She is devoted to self-development and assisting others as she works to partner with the creator. So nice to meet a sister in Christ, too. Her motto is growth and development of people is the principal calling of leadership. Amen, Gloria. You're at the right place. We can't wait to hear what you say. Welcome again. Thank you so much. Thank you for that warm introduction. You're welcome. And I always like to tell our listeners where we connected. And Gloria, about three weeks ago, called me on our business line and just started sharing that she's a brand new coach. She's written books and she was looking for other books she had heard about on our Tremendous Leadership website to share with her clients. So we started going through this and the more we talked and recommended books, we found out the more things we had in common. And I said, oh, Tremendous Gloria, would you please be on my podcast And my sister got right on there and here we are. So it's just amazing. You just, uh, when you're open to it, you just never know who you're going to connect with. So Gloria, of all things that Tremendous Leadership is about, it is leadership. And we are students of leadership. And we know that leaders are readers. So hence the beautiful combination of books and being a lifelong learner. And my father gave a speech called The Price of Leadership many years ago, and it was probably his most requested speech. And in it, he said that there's four things that you're going to have to be committed to if you're going to truly be a leader and not just a leader in name only. And the first of those topics is loneliness. And we've all heard that term, you know, it's lonely at the top or heavy is the head that wears the crown. But can you unpack what loneliness has looked like for you in your leadership journey and perhaps some words of wisdom that you could share with our listeners if they might be in a season of loneliness? Yes, that's actually that's a really good question, because as a leader, as a person, you are going to experience loneliness as what we do with that loneliness, turn that negative aspect of loneliness into something positive. So in my industry, I started off in insurance and financial services industry. And when I started off, it was mostly males in the industry. I started off as a supervisor for Allstate Insurance Company. And inside the corporate office, there is a mixture of males and females. But when I decided to go into the field as a sales agent, it was mostly males. And so you have the training, and then they kind of leave you to yourself, right? And I always felt it was kind of lonely because I always had to reach out for additional training or for additional help or to say, well, I'm experiencing this situation. 
what's the best way to go about uh, conquering this situation? Whereas I saw other individuals come into the industry and they just kind of buddied up right away. They weren't like me having to extend my arms for assistance and help. Uh, So I realized if there is such a thing as loneliness, I could either learn how to cope with it or suffer from it. Because loneliness to me is not positive, it's a negative. Mm -hmm. And I know that negative vibrations don't come from above. They don't come from the creator. So I learned early on, if I wanted to move the needle just about in anything in life, I had to always find a way, find a crack, you know, somewhere in the ceiling to get out of that loneliness space. And so that's what I did. And I normally would go to someone older than me just to share with them what I was going through. And once they understood me and I understood them, so we began to communicate and collaborate and share, they felt more comfortable with me to share information. So I didn't feel like I was on a lonely island by myself, you know, no man's island to himself. So when you experience loneliness, don't stay in that situation. Write down different strategies to get out of that situation, turn it into something positive. It is something that everyone experiences. There's no way of escaping it. And it happens for a reason because it allows us to self-reflect. What can I do better? How did I get in this situation? Why am I in this situation? Have others experiences as well? And so what is the solution? So then yeah, as a leader, you learn how to solve problems. And this was your problem, the personal problem. So you were able to come out of it, which means that now if you run across someone who's experiencing the same loneliness, you're able to assist them. So then you learn from precepts and examples and you're the example. So you don't have to stay lonely, but it's something that everyone is going to experience, but always know there is an answer to loneliness. You just have to reach out. Yeah, you talked about the ownership of it. And, you know, you talked about the things that are from above, which are the gifts of the spirit, joy, hope, love. But loneliness, like you talk about it, it's really a self-imposed emotion. So you may be physically alone because you're not aware of what you're supposed to be doing. But then take the action and say, I don't have to stay like this. I love that you said that because so many times we just sit there and we're like, and we just get more isolated. But it's up to you. People can't read our minds. And it's up to you to go ask someone. And I love it that you talked about then you have the empathy that you can probably see other people struggling and just say, I've been there. And then you can pick up and help them. Because like I said, you obviously had the self-efficacy to ask somebody for help, but a lot of people still struggle with that. So if you are out there in a space of this, like Gloria said, just ask somebody and reach out and, uh, People, if they don't know what you're going through, they may assume that you've got it already figured out and you're not. Yeah, that's fabulous. I love that. And it is true. It does happen to everybody, even the most popular, wild, successful people. So it's going to hit you sooner or later. So have that strategy. Gloria, thank you for that. The next thing he talked about was weariness. And a lot of times Charles was kind of a humorist and but very used to dealing with people. He ran his insurance (laughs) industry, too. And he would say, Tracy, in life, you're going to find some people that do way more than they are expected and a lot of people that do way less. So it's tiring because if everybody did what they were supposed to do, the world would 
we would not get so run down all the time. But that's the way it is. So how do you combat weariness, uh, Gloria, so you can really stay at your top form for your children, your business, your coaching, your writing, your everything? Yes. I have found weariness several times in my life. So I'm going to reflect back to the most recent time that I experienced it. And it was actually burnout, having my own insurance agency and trying to wear all the hats and, you know, just going through the daily routines of running a business. I found myself very, very burnt out and it almost turned into a depression. So you have to realize that you're human and you can only take on so much stress and pressure and responsibility. So everybody needs to be rejuvenated. You need to sit back and just examine and reflect on what you're going through and maybe why this is happening to you. And again, it's a negative feeling because whenever an emotion, and you talked about loneliness being an emotion, weariness is an emotion too. So when you feel this weariness coming upon you, you have to Think again, is this positive or negative? Is this a negative vibration or is it a positive vibration? Mine was definitely a negative vibration. Even my countenance was had changed. I didn't smile as much as I normally smile. I didn't exercise as much as I normally did. So it affected every aspect of my body. I did not like the way that I felt. So I wanted to change that situation immediately. And then being able to talk about, I'm burned out. I think a lot of times we see people that are depressed or they're weary. They're just not themselves. And we just kind of brush it off. Oh, they're just going through this. Never mind them. I don't have time for this. Call me later. But it's a serious emotion to be in. It's a serious situation that you have. And you are really asking for help. And burnout to me, in my situation, was a signal that I was doing too much. And so I had to restructure my business, get the assistance that I needed, the assistance and the direction, and change that situation so I didn't feel burnt out as much. And being able to realize it's okay to feel burnt out. But now that you've had your pity party, okay, what's next? Sister, how are we going to get on top of this? How are we going to change this around? Go back to being the same you because we know that that's not a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit of the spirit. You know, we're, we're supposed to experience joy and happiness. And if we go through a moment in time where we're not 100% ourselves, we're not displaying all the fruits of the spirit. Think about, again, how did you get to that state? And then start working on the correction because there is always a solution to a problem. And we have to recognize it and recognize that is not the state that our creator intended us to stay in. So if it happens, think about it, pray about it, design a plan, a strategy. And if you need help, reach out for help and move mm-hmm. on because there's so much work in this world that his children, God's children need to accomplish on this earth. We were destined to accomplish specific tasks, each one of us. Mine is different than yours. In order to accomplish those tasks, 
then we have to be at the right vibration. We have to have the right spirit and the right attitude because light attracts light. And so we have to be able to attract that light. And that is to be in the very best possible situation, attitude, character, mindset, influence, uh, financially, spiritually, emotionally, that we can possibly be in to help someone else. I love that you hit when you hit that burnout and the restructure. And this is so crucial. I hope everybody heard what she dropped in. It comes from one of two sources, your burnout and your weariness. Either your resource, you don't have the means, which means there's an external deficiency. You need the who, you need help. Or you said it's resources or direction. And that's an intrinsic piece. That means you don't have the clarity or the singularity of your vision or focus. So I love weariness comes from either intrinsically, you're not exactly clear on your meaning and purpose for God's highest and best use of you. Or number two, you know it, but you don't have the tools or resources to get it. And then, like you said, when you dial that in, then you get that relentless energy, that indwelling, that infusing stuff. And then you're with the right people internal, externally and internally. So I'm really glad you hit on that because burnout can come from what it originates from one of two sources. And you really hit on both of those well. So thank you, sister. Okay. Loneliness, weariness. The next part what he talked about was abandonment. And if we are in, a lot of times we hear about one of the fears is fear of abandonment or Gloria, I don't know if you're a pet owner, but I'm in rescue. And so abandonment has very negative connotation. But Charles was like, no, I'm talking about abandoning what you like and want to think about in favor of what you ought and need to. So if left to our own self-serving devices, I may not get out of bed and just stay in my jammies all day and just think about nonsense. But abandonment is stopping the waste of time that your time is precious and life is fleeting and we only have a certain amount of moments. So that was really his focus, this hyper abandonment on all things for the best and the purest. How do you, because you have a lot of different plates, a lot of different hats you wear, how do you abandon the things that are maybe good, but not the great that Gloria needs to be focusing on? Oh, that's such a good, good, another good character there too. And I love the recap that you did on weariness. When I was thinking about abandonment, I was really thinking about self-awareness, really, really understanding my purpose in life. And a lot of times, if you look at abandonment, it can come from a lot of different sources. So initially, when I thought about this, I thought, well, I could have felt abandoned when I was three and a half years old, my, I was raised by my mother's oldest sister. So I was separated from my mom and my family in South Carolina and moved to Seattle, Washington and was raised by my aunt and her husband. So I could have felt abandoned that no one loved me, but look at God. God put me in a family that nurtured me to be the woman that I am today. So when I look at any type of abandonment or being forsaken, I actually see a light. I know it sounds uh, kind of supernatural, but I always see a light. At an early age of three, I knew that I was a child of God. I always saw the light that there was always better for me. So I always wanted greater. I know there was better. But for some reason, deep down inside, I always reached for greater. 
Mm-hmm. I always wanted the greater. So when I experience some type of rejection or abandonment, or there's no clarity or self-direction or self-awareness, I meditate. I practice yoga. I practice self-affirmations, self-confidence formula. I love to read. And those type of things bring me back. They kind of center me into who I am and why I'm here on this earth. I understand my purpose. So when you're self-aware, you know that you're destined for greatness and you know who you are and whom's you are, there is clarity. So there's no reason to feel abandoned. And then you set your trajectory because you have completed your annual report, which is your annual report of what you are going to accomplish for the next 12 months. So you have priorities, strategies, goals, and action steps. And every month you go back to review January. What am I to accomplish in January? Check that off. Then in February, what did I complete in January? So you don't have the time to feel abandoned. You have a blueprint. You have a track record. So you really must understand why you were created. Once you realize why you were created and what you were created to do, then you minister to those individuals. And when you spend time with God and understanding yourself and hearing from him, because it's a two-way street, like I was saying in my bio, my work is to partner with God. So I'm his hands and feet and his mind on this earth. So when I can go to bed at night, knowing I've done all I was commissioned and appointed to do, then there is no room. There's no room to feel abandoned. I am fulfilled from what I accomplished that day. Right. Gloria, you remind me so much of Charles, and I can't wait for you to meet him in heaven because he too was abandoned by his mother at a very young age and his four brothers and sisters after him. And he would always tell me, Tracy, I need to not try and reimagine the past. It is what it is. But in Christ, all that's gone. And I love uh, Joan Anderson, who's the interview before you this, you know, she talked about the one thing that everybody has to understand in the beginning, and that's their origin. So that means we're all creatures. What's our origin? And when you're a creature and you're created, or if you evolved, I guess you just think that you're your own origin, which I don't understand how you could have created yourself, but neither here nor there. (laughs) But then you go back to the creator. And when you realize I am his and created for him, that gives you that grounding that whatever, because he was abandoned too, but he just never, he was a new creature and owned into, and talk about life insurance. He even had a policy called the eternal life insurance policy. So he'd sell you a whole in term life, but then he'd sell you eternal life because that would pick up yes. where the other stuff would let off. So that was his thing. Like you, how can I feel abandoned when I've been claimed? So I love that you talk about that rooting, that grounding, that sense of origin that gives you the meaning and the fulfillment on which to, then you can have your blueprint. You stop sucking your thumb and thinking, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is everybody. 
look at yes. Joseph or the greats in the Bible that went through their abandonment, whatever it is, what it is, but we don't have to stay in that space. So thank you. Thank you for that take on abandonment, which I had not heard before. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Because I thought of it literally, but when you explained yes. it, uh, when no, you asked me the question, I yeah. thought about it in a different way because you did. my mother did the best she could do yes. and she felt she was making the best decision yes. for me, her daughter, which yes. it was the best decision. And for my dad, it was too. Because look yes. at what happened. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things where you got to recognize. But you did talk about abandonment and that you stopped you abandon that feeling of nobody loves me. And yes. that's, you could have carried that. There are people that still carry, there are still people with healthy two family houses that still carry stuff that their parents, and it's like, stop. They did the best they could, or they were completely demonic and evil. That's neither here nor there. Right now, this is where you are. And in Christ, that's what we're talking about. Because we all fail each other all the time. Even the best parents are still horrible parents because that's the nature of sin and the fall of man. But I yes. love that you did talk about abandonment in the sense that could have been the grudge that you, that bone of contention that made you so angry that you never found the love of Christ and you just never, you were out of sorts your whole life and mad. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. So I, I love that you, you peeled that back. So, okay, well, we could go on and on about it. <laughs> it just really touched <laughs> yes. me because I remember dad talking to me about that. Cause like, I can't imagine that. And he's like, well, you just, you have a choice. Like you said, you have a choice and you can abandon that feelings of hostility and anger and look at other kids and realize, Hey, they all came from two family households or back then a lot of them did. Why not me? And it's a ridiculous question. And I love that you talk about the verse is always, what man intended for evil, God intended for God intended for good. So good. whatever else you went through, you don't have to harbor that. So thank you so much. All right. Lastly, man. vision. And I would always screw up with a lot of really like visionary people. And I'm like, wow, they must have a chip in their brain <laughs> that lets them <laughs> see things because they are really amazing and influential and godly and ethical. Although my dad was like, Tracy, vision is really just seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So we had this very pragmatic, tactical aspect to it. And strategic thinking is great, but without tactical planning and execution, it's kind of just very esoteric. So can you share with us, and especially as a coach, how do you craft vision for yourself? Or how do you see vision in our lives as leader? And some words of wisdom that you would give to us on that topic. Okay. I see vision as, just like you mentioned, your dad said he sees something that needs to be done and he does it. And I'll just add this personal statement with you, how I see vision, not all the time, but for a majority of the time, I could be driving or I can be in the shower or I can be walking my dog, just doing something completely unscheduled. A, a vision can come to me. I, I can actually see what I want to implement. I can see my next project or goal. And I used to kind of, when it happened, I wouldn't give it all the credit I needed to give it. I was just thinking, oh, that's just like an, an ideal. That's, you know, the wind is blowing. So, you know, a vision that's coming to me, it's not really significant. But as I start getting older, I realize it's a vision from above. It is very significant. And then I started implementing those visions. Case in point, in September, well, two years ago, I had a vision to have a conference. 
So this past September, I had a conference called the Wealth Legacy Retreat here in Atlanta, where we talked about accumulating wealth and all the aspects of it, the legal part of it, the financial part of it, the health part of it, the spiritual part of it, and brought it together. That was a vision that I received two years ago, and I worked on it until I was able to manifest it. So when we are given the vision, then the task is to share that vision. So you must be a good communicator to share that vision with others. And then as a collaborative body, you bring the vision to pass. And so I wanted to share that with you. And a lot of times visions come to us when we're asleep, when we're asleep, the visions come and then you wake up like, why did I think about that? And what I normally do, I journal a lot. So now when I have a vision, I just journal it. And it's day one or day two. And I actually have two journals. There's a writing journal and there's a gratitude journal. <laughs> so I have two. So I have one journal that's just dedicated to gratification, you know, just gratitude. I'm, I'm grateful today that I'm on the podcast with Dr. You know, Jones, but Vision, I believe, is so critical because you see in different arenas. Now, this is going to sound kind of quirky again, but Christmas night, everybody went to bed, wake up the next morning. Well, I had a dream. I had a dream and I didn't know. I really was kind of quiet about it. I didn't share it with anybody. But in the dream, it's a death. Death two times, the death, death. And I didn't share it with my spouse or my family members or anyone. Yesterday, I received a text message that someone in my family had passed. Now, with death, in the past, I've seen like a silhouette of death. I have dreamt about death. And this one, it was a audible vision. I've also seen, actually seen, you know, the picturesque vision as well. So when we talk about vision, to me, there's a spiritual side of vision. And then I'll just say marketplace, for lack of a better word, a marketplace for vision. Yes. And vision is given to those that the creator can entrust that will see the vision through. No matter... The results is just, if I give you, if I trust you to do what I've asked you or called you to do, will you complete the vision? And so at the conference, one lady came up to me and she was crying when she said this to me. When she came up, her eyes weren't filled with water, but when she got through talking, they were, and mine was like tearing down too. She says, I just want to thank you for completing the vision. And that meant so much to me. I mean, it was like someone had given me a million dollars because I was faithful in completing the vision that God had given me. He gave it to me two years ago. I kind of fought with it. I had to make sure everything was right. So you have to be willing to receive the vision, implement the vision and see it through. And if God can trust you, what he says, if God can trust you with a little, he can trust you with more. 
and right. more. And sometimes they're kind of scary because then you go back to the spiritual vision, hearing death while you're sleeping two times. It's kind of scary. I didn't share with anyone seeing it as you're driving a car, a silhouette of death is kind of scary as well. So the Lord, and I believe the this is in the word of God, he will entrust those that he knows are his children, mm -hmm. children of God. Right. He will only give those that have an intimate relationship that he can trust to give certain visions to. You don't have to be perfect, but the Lord wants to know that you have a pure heart and you're not accomplishing these visions so that you can prosper. You are acting in a servant leadership role responsibility to accomplish those visions. Yeah. Well, I love that you really hit on the basis of vision because a lot of people quote, well, all things work together for good. Yeah, but you're forgetting the other part. <laughs> to yes. them that love God, number one. So if you love God, then you're his child. And a lot of people are like, well, I love God. I'm like, no, you're not. And are called according to his purpose. So I love that you brought out vision is not true vision from above, because we know there's a lot of demonic visions going on in the prince of the world, unless God has authored it. And if God hasn't authored this vision, he's not obligated to finish it. But yes. if he gives it to you and he knows that you are a willing soldier and will do the work as you did, there's going to be no stopping it. So I'm so <sighs> glad you brought, because everything's, oh, well, it's an idea from God. Well, let's just, you know, let's, and are you prepared for it? Because I'm sure... When you got that vision, Gloria, it's because he knew, and he, he's omniscient, so he already knows, but you had been preparing your whole life for this. It's not just something yes. you got up one day and said, oh, I feel like doing this. It's like, it's not willy-nilly. It's it's perpetual. You were a baby, and then you were an adolescent, and now you're a young woman, and now you're a warrior woman in Christ, grounded in the financial industry and able to rightly divide the word of truth and the word of wealth. And that's when it comes together. Absolutely. Oh, wonderfully said. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, yes. So I just love that you brought that what vision is because a lot of times it's me. Well, where does it come from me? But you're so right. Without our creator, we're just integrators. We're just executors. He's already, he already made yes. everything that ever was and it's all his anyway. So allow him to, let's just be good stewards of the talents we're given and let him do the rest. So yeah. Thank you, Gloria. Okay. So we well, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording because I got to go back and really, this is like C.S. Lewis stuff. I got to go back and chew on it a couple times to get the good <laughs> I love C.S. Lewis. Yes. Okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else, Gloria, that you would like to share with our listeners as far as anything else leadership you'd like to share with them? And also, I would like you to share about your book too. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. I know that regarding leadership, there are so many distractions buying for our time in terms of who's a leader, who's an influencer, or who's doing what. We really need to stay focused on true leadership because true leadership doesn't ask for a pat on the back. It really doesn't. We want to move a person from where they are to where we see they can be. We can see their journey and their destination before they can even see it. So true leadership is iron sharpening iron. 
and helping that person get to their greatness. So I did want to mention that about uh, true leadership and keeping your eye on the ball. And what I mean that is staying in tune with the spiritual awakening, our spiritual destiny, that will definitely guide us to the type of leader and the type of leadership that we need to share and spread to the world. And my book, I am an author, second time author. (laughs) I hadn't written as many books as you have, Dr. Jones, but I have written a book and it's on Amazon and it's called Imagine, Believe, and Prosper. Now, the name came to me again as a vision. I have trademarked the name because it means that much to me. That's my mantra. If you can imagine, you can see it, you can imagine it. You can believe before you receive it. You can just believe it. Your desires will come to pass and you will prosper. And so that's the name of the book. And it's a guide to a financial success. It's available on my website at GloriaRiley.com. And it's also available on Amazon. So if you would read it, and write a review, I would so appreciate it a lot. And it's a guide that can help any and everybody. There is a lot of changes coming into the financial services arena. We know that, you Mm -hmm. know, it's the banking system, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, digital currency, housing market, life insurance, homeowners insurance, mortgages. There are a lot of changes coming down the pike. And God wants us to be good, I'd say great stewards of what he's given us. So education is a continuous curriculum, a continuous journey that we need to always pursue and stay on top of it, being good stewards of what we have. And once we do that, then we're able to bless others. So I hope you would pick pick up the book. It's not too late. You can send a belated Christmas gift out or just share it with friends and just leave a message for me on my website of what you thought of the book. I love it. So I'm so excited about that. You know, I'm a coach, an author, and a speaker, and I run an insurance agency. And God will design you in such a way that you're able to fulfill everything that he has predestined you to do. So I thank God that everything that I touch It's all intertwined with financial literacy, making sure that we understand the times that we're living in and that we are good stewards of our resources and that we take care of the loved ones that we brought into this world and the loved ones that we communicate and connect with all the time. Iron sharpens iron. And a lot of people are having difficult times right now in this recession with the high economy, and they just need encouragement. They do need encouragement. So someone may not ever hear my voice, but thank you. <laughs> Today, they will hear my voice. Yes, they will. And God wants wants his people, or even the lost children are still children of God. They're still lost, though, but they're still created from God. Mm-hmm. They say a voice of a stranger they will not obey. We need to share the good news of the gospel, that God loves you, 
and he will provide for you and he will give you the resources that you need so that you can live a godly life. Right. So it all starts with that because otherwise you could give everybody a billion dollars and it would make things worse without that awareness, without yes. knowing it. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, Gloria, thank you. And to our listeners out there, we will have all her information out there in the book. And so uh, you can absolutely stay in touch with Gloria. And if you're looking for a coach, we definitely want you to stay in touch with her too. So yeah. our dear listeners, this brings us to the end of another one of our tremendous, robust, rich, informative, and inspiring discussions Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, please be sure and hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend that may need to know how to pay the price of leadership and be encouraged that if they're going through loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision, they're doing it right. And there's leaders like us that are here to put their arms around them. And if you'd leave us the honor of a five-star review, that lets other people know the kind of caliber of content that you're hearing. Please also connect with Gloria. Tremendous, Gloria. And Gloria, thank you again so much for sharing with us, sister. Such a blessing. Oh, no, thank you. It was an honor. I've enjoyed it so much. I really love the work that you're doing. I commend you and God continue to bless you. It's been a phenomenal time here with you today. I've enjoyed it so much. It has. And I look forward to maybe even doing a conference together. That would truly be tremendous, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yes, it would be. All right. To our listeners out there, always remember. You're going to be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. So make sure they are both tremendous. Thanks so much for paying the price of leadership and have a tremendous rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, Let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.